We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hey friends, welcome to Kirk Your Enthusiasm. It has been a while since I've done one of these, but I podcast every day under different named episodes so who really cares uh tonight i am joined by my buddy brian schrader who i've known for a thousand years now who has covered basketball at a variety of different spots and has was one of the first people to really tell me about luka Doncic in like 2016 uh so i have always highly valued his draft opinions he has his own patreon which i'll let him plug later on and i just like talking about basketball with him which i usually do in unrecorded xbox live sessions how you doing brian I just realized I forgot what my Patreon name is. I have to look it up. <laughs> really, really inspiring start here. But I, it's, I, I know what you mean. So, you know, I'm, I'm glad you're joining me. We haven't talked, even though during the regular season I played video games two or three nights a week. I just haven't done anything since the playoffs. It's actually been like a month since I've talked to you. And we haven't gotten to talk any basketball or anything other than exchanging text messages. And the first thing I, I, I sort of wanted to pick your brain about as somebody who watches a ton of NBA basketball is, you know, developmentally with like the, the guys the Mavericks have, let's just say Luca Brunson and maybe Dorian Finney-Smith. After watching their games this year, do you think that there are still things that these guys could realistically add to their games? I feel like, well, I mean, Luca's just going to kind of ferment more and more. Dorian feels like he's maxed out, but like, you can only get better playing with one another the more you play with one another. I still feel like there's probably some stuff Luca and, and Brunson can kind of figure out, like who does what when. Anytime you have two, I don't want to say heliocentric guys because I don't think Brunson's that kind of player, but like two guys who have the ball a lot, it always takes. 
Well, the Brunt, like, like Brunson and Luca really figured out something this year. But one of the, the interesting criticisms that I always read is like, oh, Luca runs a heliocentric offense. Well, when Luca was out the first three games against the Utah Jazz, they ran a heliocentric offense for Jalen Brunson. His usage rate was like 35%. It's like at a certain I didn't know point. If that was the heliocentric offense as much as it was a Jalen Brunson's going to dribble by everybody because they have terrible <laughs> defenders offense. Right, right. That, I, I actually just said on a, on a podcast with, with Stone Hansen and some of these other guys, like, the Mavericks run uh, a bit of, of like a triple option where they, they run, you know, they let Dinwiddie, Luca, and Brunson all sort of have the ball at certain points in time. Hmm. So it's, it, the, the, the cohesion thing is, is pretty interesting. I mean, the, the skill set stuff with Luca is where I'm really interested because you heard that story on their JJ Reddick podcast this year where he basically said he had never taken a step back jumper until like the the rockets game which i don't know if that's really true but i guess he hadn't considered it part of his arsenal and now it's sort of one of the things he does and i I, i'm always curious as to elements of his game that he can polish because one of the knocks i remember reading this pre-draft was that he didn't really have a great left hand and that was simply something that didn't matter his rookie year like he he fixes issues with his game and it's always kind of a matter of when as opposed to if. Mm-hmm. And and I, I don't know. Every time I don't think he can improve, he figures something out. Yeah, I mean, that's because he's one of those players. Yeah. There's only about yeah. eight or ten of them on the planet at any one time, and he's one of them. So, <laughs> Well... Then, then I guess that, you know, there's, I guess there's free throw shooting and that sort of stuff. So it's, it's, it's the, the playing together thing is interesting because it's like a cohesion point where these guys have to, to figure out what works and when with one another. The Jalen Brunson of it all is really interesting because he's up for like this ridiculous contract extension where I think he's probably going to get like five for 125. I'm not sure what that really means. I'm not, we're not, I'm not interested in talking about that at the moment. But one of the things that Brunson has done every year is bring a little bit more. And we know with Jason Kidd, as opposed to Rick Carlisle, he went from being a scoring guard to being a lot more of a playmaker uh, and willingness to run the offense. And so mm-hmm. one of the things Josh Bowe and I have been curious about for months is why the heck he doesn't take more three-pointers. Uh, his three-point rate in college was much higher than it is in the NBA. And is that purely a distance thing? Like, That's you, what I would say, yeah. Is that something guys figure out, or is this – because I mean, he wasn't a bad. He's a forty percent catch and shoot three pointer this year, and he just doesn't really. He takes three point two a game. Like for a guy who's playing feel that much, doing it doesn't. Yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> it's a distance thing. It, it's a, it's a. I don't. Maybe he loses lift in his legs as he jumps. It's just like a. He doesn't. I, I guess you. You should always expect players to get more comfortable with, it, but some guys don't. You know, like some guys. Sean Livingston never really did, even though he was an excellent. He's an excellent free throw shooter and could shoot 17 footers. Mm. He just never really felt like doing it. Some guys, just the way your shot works. I mean, Brunson, I don't know. Brunson, uh, I don't I, Nothing like about his, the way he shoots that tells me that he's like really laboring to get the ball out of his hands. It's not like a Trey Young shot where he just kind of throws it. Right. But like, um, yeah, I don't know. There's nothing about the way Jalen Brunson shoots that, that seems like it would be more difficult. Like DeMar DeRozan's kind of got that where like he really he puts so much uh, of his legs into his shot, like like especially the fade and like turn and lift. 
that it actually like he has to like really change how he sets his feet when he shoots threes and he's okay he's okay at it but he's never going to be like a guy you're running off screens and, and like taking big like clay thompson threes but sure i mean it's just like brunson doesn't shoot like that so i don't yeah it, it is a little it's a little strange because it's like his footwork and his ability to get like he's because he's like a former post player like an old school mm-hmm. post player he said he played power forward in high school which is a riot and I just though I watch his shot and it's such a pretty shot. Like it's 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 mechanically nice. It's it just seems a little bit of a willingness. And you know, he hit six threes in game two against the Jazz because he was just coming off and firing and playing, you know, kind of like a Donovan Mitchell type, like is scoring. And it's something that I I you know, for him to go to from like a 16 point per game guy, which is what he was this year, I think, to like a 20 point per game guy, that's where that, you know, because he takes yeah. a lot of shots. It's not yeah. like he's getting more shot diet. He just has to take some different shots. So it's that like to me, if 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 he was able to do that, you know, even going from like three to five three point uh, uh, attempts per game, that yeah, would that's make how you get... yes, like it, it, over the course of the year, that's where, and that's also how you justify a hundred twenty five million dollar contract because like there's got to be some growth involved because even like playing off Luca is not easy, and there's almost like you're almost paying for that to a degree, but it's. That's where his continued growth, if the Mavericks were to lock him up during his his prime, because he's 25, that's pretty, pretty interesting to me. This is his prime, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. You know, I, I just wanted to start off with some some broader base Mavs stuff. Did what they did this year, did that surprise you at all, getting the Western Conference Finals? Like, where did Maybe you the think final, their ceiling was? A little, I guess. I don't know. The Suns thing, like. I I don't know what they they just like died, <laughs> but like um, I mean no I think I think before the season I think I wouldn't if you told me they would be in the second round I would be wouldn't have been surprised it's just you know playoffs anything can happen yeah for uh, sure yeah I guess losing Tim and then still making that run I think was a little like oh good for them but I also don't know how much you would need him now because Bullock and Dorian are both like do the stuff you want him to do without doing the stuff you don't want him to do for sure for sure <laughs> but, and and because he's he's the most tradable contract if they don't if if the, if they keep Brunson and doesn't end up being a science trade he's the most tradable contract they have cuz i don't think you're going to be trading Powell and I, who's in his final year but you know there's there's some you're not going to be getting much for him yeah. he'd be a throw in at best and yeah Claybury you probably shouldn't trade i don't really know what you could get but yeah, right. it's, there's not a whole lot of other tradable contracts around. I mean, Dorian is, but you shouldn't like unless you're unless he's going into a trade to get like I don't know. I, I don't even say Bradley Beal. I want to say someone more than Bradley Beal. No, it's like like if Kevin Durant all of a sudden decides he doesn't want to be a Brooklyn Net anymore or something like yeah. that, like a really yeah. wild ass trade. <laughs> you'd be it's... trading you you're trading Dorian to get a guy who could make an All NBA team. That's mm-hmm. really the only trade you'd be doing for him. Yep, no, that's something. All right, enough current Mav stuff. Now, my your your what what your your bread and butter is, where you spend time looking at prospects for years and years and years, only to have them winnow down and finally make it to the NBA draft. We're recording on the night of what did you say? It's it's basically the withdrawal date. Uh, the a, first withdrawal date, yeah. Guys who don't withdraw tonight cannot go back to school. Mm, mm. That's that's pretty interesting. So. What you know, the Mavericks have 26 pick in the NBA draft. It's pretty funny. Had they lost like one more game, they would have like the 21st pick in the NBA draft, but that's just the way it goes sometimes. 
honestly. Yeah, yeah, because it's like I, I think past about 15 to 16 people, teams start making goofy decisions anyways. Um, a lot of – there's some speculation that the Mavericks are going to move on from this pick like on draft night, but I just – I don't necessarily see it because I think they need to add cost – you know, cost of uh, available yeah. talent and the draft's the only way to do that. Like at, at 26, are there any guys that you think could be there that also fit what their needs are? And let's just maybe define their needs between wing depth. Cause every team in the league needs wing depth. And then perhaps a functional big man that is not Maxi Kleber or Dwight Powell. Yeah. So the guy I've been looking at really, so the, we're we're getting a much clearer picture of who's actually going to be in this draft. So, I mean, a guy like Mark Williams is like the ideal guy, but he's not going to make it that far. Like, no, I, he's not going to make it past Charlotte. Even though I I kind of have him in the mid twenties, just because I don't know the huge the value of that kind of big. He is like a free athletic, like just like a has a crazy build and like is really effective at that stuff. So he's probably gone. Um, so I would say if they're going to go for a big. I would probably go for see this guy. This guy Ishmael Kamagate, who's the French six eleven French guy. He seems really talented, but he's also very inconsistent. But he could shoot and pass a little bit. So maybe twenty two. Twenty two years old, right? Uh, no, he's twenty one. He's about to he twenty one. Okay. <clears throat> Christian Coloco is twenty two. The guy from Arizona. He's pretty much just ready to be like a backup center right now. Mm-hmm. Um, he kind of shoot like sixteen, seventeen footers. Good free throw shooter. But he's around to just be like a Capella-style big. I mean, he's not going to be that good. I don't think that that's the kind of player he is. Or he's just not like a super athlete, but he just kind of moves around really quickly. <clears throat> just gets his hands up, deflects things, finishes, blocks, rebounds. If you're going to go for like a center, I think it's those two guys. Walker Kessler will be around. I almost feel like they I, should I don't think the Mavs can take Walker Kessler. I just yeah. – Luca and he are the two most punchable faces together yeah. in a draft. Just it's yeah. You, you can only have so many guys who look like senators. Uh, um, so I think honestly, the, the kind of the big, the guy I'm kind of interested in because I think he's a guy who could really play in the playoffs. If they're going to go for a big, in like the, I mean maybe Musa Diabate is around there. He's kind of a project, but he's also like I already like pretty good at defense. So that that guy's interesting. But the guy I kind of would want is Jake Laravia. Okay. He he kind of is jumping up people's boards a little bit because he's like 6'8", 230 and just kind of did a lot of stuff at Wake Forest. It was just like a consistent second score for them. It was like a 10, an 8 to 12 rebound guy, 3, 4 assists, could shoot spot ups, attack off the dribble a little bit. They like good passes in the short roll, like handled some and like is a pretty good defender for a kind of 6'8 with a 6'9 wingspan white big like four because he uh and he tested at the combine he tested really really well like all the short movement stuff like shuttle and like the the uh all the agility drills and that really comes through like he's a really he's a big guy he kind of moves i mean this is again we want it we want to avoid just comparing a white guy to a white guy but he does (laughs) kind of have that how gordon hayward kind of just like exploded sometimes in college Uh like he or maybe a guy like Chandler Parsons is another sick with white guys. Where they're like six, seven, six, eight guys who sometimes really like explode past people and just fly around. Um the thing with Laravia that's really interesting, it turns out he's two years younger than was listed. And we got that from the best source imaginable, his mother. 
so it got on Twitter and said he was born in 2001. Well, uh, how the heck? So that would make him 2020. He's he's going to turn 21. Yeah, turning 21, 21 in like November. So yeah, what he's like was his age listed differently for so long. I it happens. Somebody miss miss got something down that happened with this guy Josh Minot who's in this draft too who his wasn't as far. We thought he was born in January uh, of so he would be 21 this year or so, or 20. He turned out he was like five, six or seven months younger and his uncle got on Twitter and was like, Hey, he was born in, in November. No, uh, that, and, and, uh, and that sort of stuff matters. So it's like, everybody throws that to me about Josh green. And it's probably the last thing Josh green has going for him that he entered like the league as a 19 year old. And he's still just yeah, 21 yeah. right now. Yeah. It's like your key developmental years. And this is like, just not to be, not to get us totally off track, but like, Part of the reason why Dennis Smith didn't pan out is because he, like his senior year of high school was ACL tear. His freshman year of college was at a wasted university. His rookie year with the <laughs> Rick Carlisle was probably his best developmental year. And then he pitched a fit and got himself traded to the Knicks who, and then he's just never been seen from again. Like your well, key developmental thing. years are like what? Like 16 to 22, right? Yeah. That's the thing that's interesting about this class, and it's why I push back a little. It's it's a mediocre at best class, but I don't think it's a terrible class, just because there's a lot, especially the guys who were freshmen in college this year. So not Laravia. Laravia transferred to Wake Forest, who's a junior. Um, but the uh, the guys who were freshmen this year, like AJ Griffin's a good example, Peyton Watson, a lot of the guys who, and AJ Griffin had a great year, but like the guys who were not immediate star guys in college. Those are the guys who lost their junior year of high school to COVID. Okay. And like junior year of high school is the big one. Yeah. That that's the that's like one of the biggest ones. So those guys, like they're all on their back foot, basically. And it's really tough for them to really like it's just hard to really be really definitive about them. And that's um, interesting. Yeah, so like Laravi is a guy I, I'm I'm just he's just a good basketball player. He's not like he's a small ball kind of center if he's a center, but he kind of has attributes of a three and a four a little bit. He's kind of a mixed guy. He's not a rim protector, really. He just doesn't backpedal and jump. He's, you know, kind of six nine, six ten wingspan, not like a big physical guy, but he just moves powerfully. He's like a big bulky guy. He can rebound, pass, shoot, just kind of does a lot of things really well. I like him. He needs to go to a good team. He needs to be like somebody's ninth man next year. If they really want to center aside from that, they I mean somebody's going to draft John Butler. I don't think it should be in the first round because he is seven foot one and 170 pounds. But, <laughs> but he's like a four he's like a 42 85. Like he could really shoot and he blocks a lot of shots. He he that's the guy, like people say this stuff about Chet Holmgren. Chet Holmgren physically, like I know he looks like that, and I know his frame is concerning. And there are times when he gets like pushed around. But he's been that size for like three years now, and he's never once not been able to do all this. Like, no matter where he plays, he's always been able to do all the same stuff he does. John Butler is like legitimately just too thin. Like, that guy's just going to get picked up and put in the trash by like a real center. But uh, that might be a guy they look at if they really want to go for center or like a big. What about what about wing guys? For example, the wing guys, there, there's a lot of them. So, so let's talk like that's actually who I think they might draft despite the Mavericks like basically putting out there that they need to win. They need to go get a guy who can get more rebounds. Like they made it to the conference finals and I think they're out rebounded over the course of the playoffs by 170. Like they don't actually need rebounds. 
Um, the thing, the thing I will say, I, I, I've been saying this a lot. It's less so when you get into later first and then the second. But for the draft, I it's one of the reasons I really like that the NFL draft is after free agency. Yeah, me too. And the NBA draft, I kind of wish it was because like people put too much stock in it. Like a team like Charlotte should take a center. Like they just don't have a center right. at all. But like like the Mavs, you should just take the best player you have. Like you feel needs with free agency. You can go sign a JaVale or a Kem Birch or something like that. They're always those guys are always available in free agency. Isaiah Hartenstein might get a good deal this year. Like he's pretty good. So yeah. if you really need like a backup center, you can find those guys. I kind that's kind of why I said Laravia because he's kind of a four, like a hybrid four kind of guy. So he's not just like a center. Like he should be able to to handle himself against the Jay Crowders of the world, like pretty well. Um, but yeah, like the wing, the the wing wing guys. I like. I mean, if <clears throat> I'm a Leonard Miller guy, I don't know if he's going to be in this draft, but like Nikola Jovic may be a guy you look at because his talent is so high. He just like is can't play defense, but he's Which, six, so they kind of have that pro. Yeah. It, 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 do you do you think that's like that man? He's such a crazy guy to consider because like the, there's a lot of talent there, obviously, but the the Mavericks found themselves playing a certain way because of defensive yeah. identity, and I just don't know if you can draft a guy who can't play defense. Well, I mean, they play Bertans, so. That's a good point. Jovic is like a crazy. He just like has really, really impressive, like his just skill skill level for a six eleven. A guy who tested at six eleven two twenty, and like is a legitimate like a three, like a two three four guy. But like that guy, that guy, not like, that's not really a fit. That's just like a, this guy's available. We're taking. Mm-hmm. Which is how the Sixers got Tyrese Maxey. I don't think they expected it. They're just yeah, we're taking him. Right. Um, a lot of these other guys are going to be gone before then. Jerry Sohan is, would be a great role player. He's probably going to be gone from Baylor, but he'd be terrific because he's just very good at defense, can pass, can shoot standstill jumpers, and is 18 years old. Mm. Um, um, he's a guy uh, you, North Carolina fans grew, grew to despise because he just was on the ground doing Robin stuff, just like bumping people, diving for loose balls, all this stuff. He's a, he's a quality player. Um, I, I like Dustin Lewis a lot, but he's not really a defender. I wonder if they would be the team that would take Jalen Williams. I bet he'll go earlier than this, Santa Clara. Player. That's that's actually who our, our Mads Moneyball draft has talked about more than I would have expected is him. Um, just because it, it's he, he has met – like the Mavericks don't have a lot of guys with plus wingspans, and he looks yeah. like kind of a freak athlete in certain ways. Yeah, he's not – like he's kind of heavy. He's, he's, he's a guy who's listed at 6'6", 210, but he kind of looks like he's 230 out there. And it is a little bit of Kyle Anderson thing where he's not super explosive. Like he didn't test super explosive, but he just gets past people and just has that craft game and has the crazy reach. And it's just really solid all around. He might be interesting. Um, I think his problem, I think the problem with the drafting him is he might be a guy who needs the ball a little more than you would want for the, this kind of pick. Um, Oh, there's another Jalen Williams, the Arkansas Jalen Williams, who they could also look at. He's like a straight up just defensive center. He's great. That um, seems like like that guy seems like the kind of guy who who would earn immediate minutes just for yeah. how he plays. Like yeah. I I've, I haven't watched a lot of film yet, but a couple of people have sent me stuff on him, um, and he just looks like the guy, like the kind of hard effort, right decision making player who might not have like the highest of upside, but can give the Mavericks that 10 to 15 minutes 
that well the specific guy the specific guy he reminds me of just like kind of the way he moves and he's not as powerful and not as aggressive as like a finisher as this player was in college and and continue to be but he's always kind of reminded me of Todd Gibson which is like yeah this guy's solid yeah solid solid four five pretty we could just step right in right right Uh, I mentioned I I mentioned Josh Minot he's a crazy athlete he just can't score at all but He's also he's super young, so he's fun. Uh, yeah, Christian Brown they may have to pass on because that's another super punch in your face. But he's a quality player. Marion Bochamp is a quality player. David Roddy. There's a lot of uh, wings. Julian Champagny. Those guys can all have all kind of vaguely similar skill sets. Skill sets. I don't know. The real interesting one is maybe they would be the team who would take Patrick Baldwin. Okay. Okay. That's that's another yeah. one we've sort Super of batted sure. around. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, some of this, and this makes this really this conversation is really difficult because yeah. number one, we don't know what the Mavericks draft philosophy is. I, I've I've talked about this before, and it's worth just saying again. The Mavericks haven't had a draft philosophy for about ten years. They lucked yeah. in; they fell ass backwards into Luca. Like there's just no other way to phrase it. He was the best player on the board, and they did the right thing and the easiest thing available. Like it was, it's crazy. And then Brunson was another one. He fell to pick thirty three, which is like guys fall between like twenty and forty, and sometimes mm-hmm. you got to get lucky which they did in 2018, and then in 2020, they drafted three guys between 18 and 36, I think, and all three of them st- stink. And so it's a, some of this is is just, you know, development, options. Like the Mavericks, in my opinion, have to take somebody who can give them minutes that and contribute in a way where you don't need the minutes. Like this is Josh Green's problem. I can't stand the player, you know, mainly because of what it represents. But he – was never going to get the like 300 three-point attempts that he needs to get. And he doesn't go mm-hmm. down to the G League. You know, you and I were making fun of this last summer. He didn't play in G League last summer because of like jet lag or something. It was bizarre when he's coming back from Australia where he played no minutes in the Olympics. It's yeah. it's really something. That happened like, well, Usman Gruba played a lot of minutes in the Olympics. That was the thing. There was a lot of guys who really were jet lagged coming to Vegas. I think it's more than just they just came to Vegas and they overestimated themselves. Because when you're uh, 20, 21, 22, and you go to Vegas, you think you can do anything. Not that I have right, right. No, that makes sense. Um, yeah. Well, I promised to keep you for about twenty five minutes, and this is this is a this I mean, is a good start. I think I hope to probably maybe bring you back maybe into because you know, drafts in three weeks, which is crazy. I know, yeah, maybe, it's great. Probably probably bring you back here in two weeks because stuff starts to solidify, and we'll figure out more later. Um, yeah, because I mean, there's there's I I have my tiers personally. I was just I was reading through my fourth tier wings there for a minute. There's still like twelve guys I didn't mention, like Dom Dominic Barlow. Maybe they take a shot at him. 610 guy workouts and stuff start to come out too and i'm hopeful the mavericks actually put that sort of stuff out like los angeles lakers are great at like generating like just headlines based on and i'd like to know who they're interested in it's it's fine it you you go through a range of dudes and see what sort of archetypes are looking for i part of why i think they go wing instead of center is because they played a lot of small ball stuff and if they're able to get like a, a, a another you know another dude to add to that mix maybe you don't play uh Dorian Finney-Smith and and Reggie Bullock seven hundred minutes each, so I'd be interested. Maybe I think Roddy, David Roddy, might be a guy they they want. That's an interesting guy for them, right? The, right. the round mound of, of three point shooting. That guy's wild. 
I love stuff yeah. this time of year. You see so many wild tapes, and it's so hard to figure out. Like with certain guys, it's so hard to figure out who's good, who's bad, and whatnot. But man, this is this is fun. This is fun. Well, okay, I might probably maybe two weeks, two and a half weeks, have you back on, talk a little more. The thirteenth um, is the is the big day for like that's the end. Like at that point, we will know one hundred percent who's in this draft, so that'll be a little easier. Excellent, excellent. All right, Brian. Um, where can we yep. find your work? Uh, at Patreon.com slash Brian J N B A. Well, I will make sure to plug all this into the post and into the show notes. Go do it, and Brian. I Doesn't will actually... have that day, the 13th, is the day that I'll be putting out my, my big capsule thing I'd, I'd like to do. So, well, and for, for those of you who don't know this, like Brian, I, Brian has been right about you, you know, you, you don't you do this for fun, but it's like some of the guys you've been right on are all like the Memphis dudes who have been crushing it for years. And so there's just <sighs> guys that you like tend to tend to do well. Now it's it's you know, maybe later on we can have a different conversation about first contract versus second contract guys. That's the thing with a lot of guys, yeah. Yeah. But what you know, that that's kind of a more fun, broader conversation. We talk about that a little bit because you know, I, I just had this suggested to me on one of the the podcasts Stone Hansen does. I can't remember the name of it. I was just on it where he's like, "You, do you think you guys would the meaning the Mavericks would like draft back or trade back like it's the NFL draft and, and accumulate maybe a couple of second round picks?" Like, I'd be fascinated in that sort of thing. I don't know if the Mavericks would do it because I don't know how highly they value the draft, but I think they have to start valuing the draft, otherwise, it's the coverage just going to be bare. So, yeah. All right, this is great. Uh, look for all the stuff in the show notes. Brian, appreciate your time. And guys, I will probably be back. Who knows when? I just, you know, I like recording podcasts. I'm a weirdo. Everybody uh, have a good rest of your week. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.